Thanks for joining the Heights Church podcast today. We hope that you enjoy the message. If you're in the Sydney area, be sure to join us at the Heights Church at Golston Road, Hornsby Heights, Sydney, Australia. Right, so we've got two Bible readings tonight. Our first one is from Romans chapter 1, verses 7 to 11. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness. How constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Our second reading is from Romans 15, chapters 23 to, verses 23 to 33. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been long, longing for many years to visit you. I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. N- now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it and indeed they owe it to them. But if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share it with them, to share with them the material blessings. So after I have completed this task and have made sure that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in full measure of the blessing of Christ. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The Lord of peace be with you all, amen. In your company, we, I may be refreshed. I would hope that's, uh, that would be our experience of coming to church here at the Heights. Is something I think certainly for us to aim for, that by just gathering together, by being in each other's company, uh, we might be fresh. I mean, how often is it like, a, oh, I've got to go to church. Okay, I hope it doesn't drag on me too much. You know, I hope I don't go home too tired, too fatigued, too wrecked for the week ahead. You know, it's our prayer and our hope that just by being here tonight, that just by being in each other's company, uh, that we may be refreshed. This, uh, these words come uh, from the mouth of Paul, the apostle, in the first century, uh, as he interacted and spoke with different churches. We've been going through a series uh, in our morning church uh, through the book of Romans. And the book of Romans uh, was originally a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a small gathering, a small church uh, in the city of Rome. Uh, and we've been going through this series in Romans, and I thought what, I could, what we could do tonight uh, is 
sort of place this letter in its relational context, uh, put it in its context uh, in terms of the interactions uh, that Paul would be having uh, with this church in the hope uh, that perhaps we might learn something in the way that we interact with each other, the way that we go about interacting with each other. Paul said to the church in Rome, first of all, he said, Man, I really, I can't wait to be among you. I can't wait to be with you. Uh, and, and one of the purposes that he wanted to achieve by being with this gathering, he said, uh, is I long to see you that I may impart to you a spiritual gift to make you, make you strong. That is, he said, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And I wonder this evening whether that is something that you have in your mind uh, in terms of why you come to church. That encouragement might be something that you arrive to church not only to receive, but also to give. That you and the people that are around you right now might walk away from your interaction with each other both encouraged by your interaction with each other. This was Paul's dream. This is why he couldn't wait to be among the church in Rome, because he wanted to be mutually encouraged. That is, not just him encouraged, but them encouraged. And I think perhaps tonight I want to speak about this, because I believe that this is one of the biggest things that we underestimate in ourselves in terms of why we do church. It's one of the biggest things that I think... Uh, many among us sitting here tonight underestimate about the power that you bring and the capacity that you have uh, to bring, to even just to a small gathering like this on a Sunday night, your ability to provide encouragement to the people around you. I'm going to speak very briefly tonight about the various ways that this happens and that it can happen. I think perhaps tonight one of the things I want to do is encourage us, all of us, uh, to start being more deliberate in the way that we go about uh, interacting with people and, and bringing ourselves to church. But one of the things I'm going to be doing as well is sort of just putting a name on some of the things that you are already doing, okay? And so uh, I'm going to pray for us briefly, but I really want you to sit there tonight and think, okay, is this, is this, is this almost like an unlocked power within me, okay? Not as powerful as maybe the, the superpower that Isaac wants, okay? But maybe perhaps uh, pretty close. So let's pray again very quickly. Uh, Lord God, we thank you that you encourage us. And I just ask you, Lord, that the Heights Church and Sunday night at the Heights specifically, because that's where we are right now, that this would be a gathering that we would be refreshed in each other's company, but also, Lord, that we would be challenged about the ways that we are providing uh, moments of mutual encouragement to each other. Uh, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but I know in my life, uh, I have a really good memory for the different words that people have said to me about myself. And I think this is something that happens. We all know the power of a poorly timed word into our life. Something that someone says to us that is negative, that is critical, that is harsh, that is hurts. We all know the power of these words, not only to wound us, but we know the power of these words to linger on. We all have the memory of these different words that people have spoken into our lives uh, months, 
years, decades ago, that the person who has said them has long forgotten even saying them, perhaps even long forgotten that you exist, but in your heart, those words still linger on. Perhaps I think the same can happen as well with words that are on the other end of the spectrum, words that are more positive, words that build us up. I know in my life, when I think about some of the formational, encouraging words in my life, they stick out to me. And I know for sure that the individuals that said these things to me wouldn't even remember the conversation that we had. I remember in year 10 that a friend of mine, uh, the sort of guy that 90% of the words that came out of his mouth was bagging you out, was bringing you down, was finding ways to embarrass you in front of everybody else. This was sort of like his love language, perhaps. Everything that this person said was a, was a, was a just classic year 10 boy finding the negative, bagging out sort of thing. One day I'm talking to him and he just said to me, he said, Chris, you know, you actually, you're a really good listener, okay? And then he just went on to bagging me out again and continuing on. Now, that little like one and a half second encouragement that he just dropped into my life like out of nowhere influenced me more than he would could even possibly, I can assure you, even possibly in this moment know how formational just that little, just that little nugget of life, that little nugget of encouragement spoken to my life about the sort of person that I wanted to be and the sort of path that I wanted to go on. Negative words have an ability to linger on for a long time, but I think also positive words have that ability as well. And I think this is a truth that we all know. I mean, Proverbs tells us in chapter 18 something that I think we don't need to open up the book of Proverbs to know. It says that the tongue has the power of life and death. And that includes the tongue that is in your mouth right now and the words that you choose to say. It has the power of life and death. Specifically tonight, I want to really challenge us about our ability to bring encouragement into the lives of those around us and, and spe- at all times, but specifically about like making that a part of why we do church, that we might have the ability to encourage the faith of the people around us, whatever that faith might look like, whether that faith is like super strong and, and, and been going for a long time, whether that faith is wavering, whether that faith is, uh, is feeble, where that faith is purely not even faith, it's just curiosity. Maybe that faith is just like, I don't know why I'm here, I just I'm here. Whatever our faith looks like, we have the ability with our words, but also we're going to look at some other things to bring encouragement into the people around us. It is an unlocked, perhaps, superpower in your life to do that. And as a side note, the best encouragement that we can bring to other people, often we can uh, mix up encouragement thinking that it's the same thing as praise, thinking it's the same thing as uh, a compliment, even the same thing as just uh, pointless flattery. But no, the best encouragements that we bring to other people around us are the ones that are unattached from ego, unattached from agenda, and unattached from any sense of superiority. The best encouragements are side-by-side encouragements. They're genuine words and they're genuine actions that provoke us to keep going. Encouragement really at the end of the day is just those people on the sideline at the end of a marathon who are just going, keep going, keep going, you're doing so well, you're nearly at the finish line, keep going. 
genuine encouragement, I think, when we think about it that way, it unlocks a couple of things. It unlocks uh, energy reserves in people. Uh, you, you would know the feeling of having like a bad week, but someone just emotionally lifts you up and all of a sudden you've got that energy just to power through and storm through the rest of the week. Encouragement unlocks energy reserves. But encouragement also unlocks the God-given greatness in the people that we do church with. Just simply encouraging people to be who God made them to be unlocks the greatness that already exists within them. And so you might be thinking, okay, well, I, 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 I want to do that. Let's, let's do that. How do I, what, it, what does it mean for me to be an encourager? Well, there's three sort of types of encouragements that I want to speak about. The first is words. That's the easy one. That's the one that I've just sort of talked about. That is the kind word. It's the keep going word. It's the persevere word. It's the genuine uh, compliment, not just to praise someone, not to give someone uh, a good feeling that's attached to you, but to sort of make them know, okay, the good thing that you're doing is seen and worth it and valuable. Our words are one of the ways that we can encourage. But here's two other ways that we can encourage people. The The second way that we can encourage people is via our presence. Literally just by being in the same place on a Sunday as other people, we encourage each other. We keep each other going. Uh, Jack and Isaac, they spoke about kick. And one of the best things that we, like one of the best reasons for why we take our young people to a thing like kick or to a thing like state youth camp, or like maybe why we gather like we are in a couple of weeks on a Friday night uh, for an event called Revive, where we meet with other Baptist youth groups. The reason why we do these things, uh, well, have lots of reasons, but one of the reasons that we do these things is because our young people, and even, yes, our leaders, right, we walk into a room and you just have that sense of like, right, yeah, there are thousands of other people that do what I'm doing. We're not just this weird like group at Hornsby Heights that does this strange thing. Okay, no, oh, that's right. God is working everywhere and God is working in people everywhere. I'm a part of something bigger. And so by going to keep you, there's no way you're going to connect with all the thousands of people at something like that. Okay, but just our, our young people, just by being in the same presence as these other people, are encouraged in their faith to keep going. And that works at the same way on a, on a Sunday level for why we do church, why we gather together, just our presence in being here, however we're going, whatever's happening for us, just by turning up, we provide an encouragement to the people around us. It's, and it's something that I think perhaps, like Paul says, is mutual. It's back and forth. We're encouraged by people being here and they're encouraged by us being here. And the third way that we can encourage people is through example. When we see other people living into their uh, God-given potential, when we see other people living uh, according to the way, uh, the giftings that God has given them, when we live, we see other people powering through uh, the struggles and the difficulties that we know is in their life, but they're powering through in faith, believing that God is good, that can empower and lift us up and encourage us to keep going in the races that we are racing. And so, I want to say to us tonight that if Paul and the Romans can be mutually encouraged, so can we. And here's why. Because when you consider what Paul and this church in Rome had in common, there was a whole bunch of things that they did not have in common. 
And I just am going to go through some of these because we sometimes can think to ourselves, I am the different one. And I've had this thought many times in my life. I am the different one. I can't be encouraged, nor can I encourage anyone else around because I am different. I, and for me, it's like I am, I'm not as extroverted as everybody else around here. Or, or it can be things like, I mean, I don't know enough as the people around. I'm in a different age demographic to the people around. I'm from a different place to the people around here. Everyone else here has probably had like a 9 out of 10 week. They don't know I've had a 2 out of 10 week. I, I am too different to provide encouragement. Well, I want to say if Paul and the Roman church can do it, so can we. Because they did not have much common on a surface level. First of all, they were from different places, different geographies, different cultures. Paul was not from Rome. He was a citizen of the Roman Empire. But even within the Roman Empire, there were many different cultures and countries and types of people. Paul was a Jewish man, but significantly he was from a place called Tarsus, that's where modern day Turkey is, a very different place culturally than what Rome would have been. He's speaking to these people, he's writing a letter to them, I can't wait to be with you so that we can be mutually encouraged, oh, except you, know, you guys are from uh, Italy and I'm from Turkey, so like maybe not so much. No, even though their cultures were different, their upbringings were different, uh, so many things about the way that they would have looked at the world, their perspective on things would have been different because they were from different places. Regardless, Paul knew what he wants us to know is that he could be in a relationship with them where he provides encouragement and vice versa. Second of all, they had different levels of knowledge Okay, Paul was a learned man. He was a smart guy. He knew the Old Testament back to front. He knew it as well as anyone. And the Roman church would not have been necessarily filled with people with the same experience or rigorous training in the Old Testament that someone like Paul would have been. They wouldn't have had even perhaps the same uh, giftings of academic intelligence that perhaps someone like Paul would have had. And how often... Do we think of church as a place where people know more and people know less, know less and we think there's sort of like an inability for us to be mutually encouraged by people who are perhaps at different levels on this invented sort of uh, uh, tiered system that we might create in our minds. And often when we create this tiered system, it's because we think, well, other people know more than I do. They've been living in the faith longer than I have. They've been, they've, they know, they've, they've seen the ropes, they've got the experience, they've read their Bible, I barely even know a verse. I can't encourage them. We're on two different playing fields. Well, if Paul can write to the Roman church, who's probably like the most learned person at that time in terms of scripture, saying to them, I can't wait to be with you because you are going to encourage my faith. I think perhaps we should be invited to completely throw that way of thinking in the bin and realize that's got nothing to do with the way that we have the ability to encourage each other. We have the ability to encourage each other if we are able to provide those three things that I said earlier, words and presence and example. That's it. If we can provide that, we can encourage. It doesn't matter if we know less or more. It doesn't matter if we're from different places. And it doesn't matter if we have different callings upon our lives. Because Paul was an apostle. He was famously called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And that is an intimidating title to have. And if you just happen to be like just a regular 
man or woman in the Roman church and you think the, the apostle to the Gentiles is, is going to visit our church, you might be tempted to think, well, I can't provide anything to his face. He's the apostle to the Gentiles. Yet even though Paul repeatedly uses this title for himself and insists upon it even, even though he had this position in the church at that time, despite the differences in that, he said, I want to come and be with you because you are going to encourage my faith. What does Paul long for? He longs to be mutually encouraged by them, them by him, him by them. It would be a terrible mistake for us to think that we need to be uh, qualified somehow to provide encouragement. Honestly, one of the reasons why I love working with young people is because so often, uh, whether it's at youth group or wherever else, my faith is set on fire by the faith of our young people. I can guarantee you, actually, in fact, out of the whole arrangement, you might, okay, why is Chris here? He's here to grow up the faith of our young people. I can assure you that in that arrangement, my faith is actually getting the better deal because so often I see the faith growing in a young person. I see them asking genuine questions. I see them taking leaps forwards. And I'll tell you what, I see their enthusiasm that I'm like, man, why don't I still have that? And my faith is encouraged. I'm encouraged to go to the end of my finishing line again. We don't have to be in the same age. We don't have to be from the same place. We don't have to have the same culture. We don't have to have the same biblical training. We don't have to have any of that to be able to provide an encouragement to each other. And what did Paul and the Romans had in common? Well, they had a lot in common on a spiritual level, and so do we. They had the same sin problem. They were imperfect people. They had the same problem of living in a broken world, just as we have the same problem. All of us uh, share the fact that we are imperfect and we share the fact that we live in an imperfect world. We all have lives where things are thrown at us over and over and over again that sort of tempt us and tell us to give up. That That is not just your experience. If you were to look around, that is a shared experience. All of us constantly go through life sort of having things that are just put in our way, another thing, another thing, another thing. All of us live in a broken world where things go wrong and things sort of stuff up for us. And so as I come towards the end, I just want to encourage you, as you have encouraged me tonight, with some implications to move forward with. First of all, that we would be challenged to put ourselves in circumstances, okay, where our faith is encouraged. Okay, can you sort of be a Christian and not go to church? Well, if you were to technically go, oh, being a Christian is about having a faith in Jesus, what it looked like. Okay, it's not necessarily attached to going to church. But the truth is that we should be challenged. If we, our faith just naturally, okay, if we do have a faith naturally, the best thing that we can do for that faith is to constantly put ourselves in circumstances where other people are also growing in, in their faith. Because like the video that we watched from the Youth Alpha series, it's like those burning embers, when they're placed together, they get even hotter. And so that's our experience, that we should um, take responsibility just for putting ourselves in those rooms, whether it's Sunday night here, Sunday mornings every week, um, whatever it is, youth on Fridays for our youth, and whatever your circumstances are, Put yourself into those rooms. But it's not just that, is it? It's not just to take responsibility to receive. 
is to take responsibility to be an encourager. To not just come to things like this to receive, but actively come to things like this to give. To remember, to remind ourselves there are no qualifications to be an encourager. That we can use our example, we can use our presence, and we can and should take those genuine moments to use our words to build up the people that we come into contact with. And for some of us, we find that aspect easy. There are others of us that find that more challenging. But we all have the capacity to do it and we all can be deliberate in the way that we go around doing that. To tell each other, keep going. To tell each other, you're doing great. To tell each other that you are seen, that what you do is valuable. To tell each other, I'm so thankful to know you. I'm so thankful that that you are in my life. I'm so thankful for what you do and who you are and what you bring. I'm thankful for your personality. I'm thankful for your perspective. I, I, you have such a, an amazing life experience that I am so thankful to know. Keep going. You're doing great. The race that you are on is worth racing. We have the capacity to say versions of these things that are uh, not ge- as generic as what I've just said, but along those lines specifically uh, linked to the connections that we're able to build up with other people. That we would be a people on Sunday nights, especially, that we come and we are, we are running our own race, absolutely, but we also stand on the sidelines, I think, of the, of the races that everyone else around us is running, saying, you're doing great, you're going to make it, keep going. Let's pray now. We're going to keep worshipping. And maybe as we go into a time of worship again, and maybe as we then head out to some dinner that we're going to share with each other, we can consider the ways that we encourage each other just by being amongst each other. Even when we sing, even when we consider the way that God encourages and works through us, that we would know, as Paul did, that we all have the capacity to mutually encourage each other. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for putting uh, people around us that you have made to be encouragers to us. But we pray that we wouldn't just be receivers, but that we would be intentional in the way that we would want to give encouragement, that we would want to build other people up, that we would want to use the different things that we have uh, access to within ourselves to provide that sense of keep going to the people around us. And we thank you, Lord, that you do exactly that for us and that you work in us and through us in amazing ways, Lord. That you are the one that uh, is constantly not giving up on us, is constantly reaching out to us. And even tonight, Lord, we know that you are working in us in ways that we don't possibly even understand. But wherever our faith looks tonight, tonight all of us, we, just, we, we say to you, God, tonight that uh, we know you're doing something and we trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.